We absolutely love Drink Arepa here at Keegan & Company. Not only is this a brain performance drink, but it was designed and tested by neuroscientists in New Zealand made from all natural ingredients. When I was playing professional footy, I was constantly looking for ways to be better physically and mentally. Now, podcasting, study and work, I focus on training, good quality food and sleep, where I prioritise having a bottle of a repper when I want to be switched on mentally. Gives me mental clarity and I just feel like I'm on. Head to drinkatrepper.com and use the bespoke code Keegan25 for 25% discount. That's Keegan25 at drinkarepper.com. Keegan and Company. It's Keegan and Company, the company you keep. That's it. That's got to be it. Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. If you guys are new to the show, my name is Keegan Hipgrave. If you haven't already, if you could just jump over, give us a little like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Uh, I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm joined by a really good friend, uh, owner of Squad Athletica and business partner of Vodka Soda, Ryan Forzi. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Good. Thanks for having me. Mate, thanks for coming to the studio. We've got to, for those who are listening, uh, <laughs> for those who are listening and not, and not watching, I've taken over my parents' living room. So it's a bit rough, but mate, it looks, it looks good. Thanks for coming. Mate, it looks good. I'm frothing on all the old school photos of you, <laughs> 2014. Mate, old the old para jersey. Old getting around. There's an old Australian schoolboys jersey getting around. Hell yeah, a bit on. Just like proud parents. Yeah, yeah I was going to say full proud parent vibes. <laughs> My former sister, she's just like, gets, gets home and she's like, the full strain of cheek. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, mate, we had a good morning. We had a good morning. We checked out the Squad Athletica Warehouse where you've decked me out with some beautiful kids. So thank you very much. You're the most welcome, mate. Yeah, yeah. how's it all traveling? What's, what's the latest? Mate, good. It's a tough little transition going from mining to um, an e-commerce-based platform. It's uh, very finicky to sort of navigate, but yeah, we're getting there. So the surely it's a lot to manage, but we're getting there. Mate, I'd love, to, I'd love to touch on your background because I think when we first met, you're in the mines. Like you, you, you touched on a little bit about that, like how, how you even started getting into the mines. Like that would probably be a great way to start. All right. So for anyone that doesn't know me from Gladstone, central Queensland, it's a very small little town, little mining town. You know, that's what, that's what every good Gladstone boy does. Yeah, it does their trade. I was a fitter at Turner by trade, started at the power station um, and eventually... I worked away, did a small mine extension for Monadelphus, Kestrel. That was my first FIFO gig um, in and out of Emerald. Yeah. Um, and then I got picked up by a company called Siemens where I sort of worked on gas turbines. And I just found myself in a little niche working on all their rotating equipment. Just came their younger supervisor at like 24, I think. I think, yeah. Went from... Yeah, 25, I think it was 24 when I was supervising for them. Is yeah. that when you were telling me a story oh, years ago, you were like, you were in a bar somewhere and you just like, like as you are, just like started knocking oh. around. You started knocking around with one of the boys, like, so just someone at a bar. No. You, were, you might have been waiting for some of the boys to that come. That was my next job. Was that so, the next one? So that was, that was my next job. So that was really serendipitous the way that that happened <laughs> to me. Like, that was like full universe delivering this thing to me on a silver platter. So I worked for Siemens as a, um, you know, rotating equipment specialist for them, supervised all their major turbine outages, was working for them for six years. And it was so ad hoc to work. So I was like two weeks in Papua New Guinea, come home for five days, eight weeks in New Caledonia or PNG or Caratha, all over the shop. It was just ad hoc. There was no real, because it, it was service work, there was no proper roster, like a three and one or a four and four or something like that. I was just getting a little bit jack of it. I was doing a job over in Caratha, 
at Sino Iron and uh, an opportunity came up to go offshore. So it was a three and three roster to work on the shell. Which is a dream. I like that. It's a great roster. In the top. You're yeah. working six months a year. Yeah. Unbelievable. They pay for everything. It was great. So I um, saw the opportunity. I was like, oh, shit, like you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So I registered for this thing online because it came up like in my lunch break, like that there was, you know, people advertising for this thing. Cool. Put my name in the hat. Um, and then I was on my way home from that exact job. I was catching up with a dear mate of mine, Barbsick Andrew Milne, at a pub, yeah. Squires Bar, in the middle of Perth. And uh, I was at the bar just talking shit. I can't, I can't remember how it came about, but he was just, this guy was just standing right next to me. I think the service was really slow or something yeah. like that. Anyway, I was like, oh, I'll buy you a scooter, mate, whatever, just because we were sitting there talking for so long. So I bought him a scooter. I was like, all right, mate, have a good night. Catch up with you later. And um, went back to my table and they were like, how do you know him? I was like, oh, no, I was just shooting the shit with a stranger. It's like, oh, that's the ops manager of the prelude. Like, he's the one that's doing all the hiring and firing for that job you applied for. I was like, what are the chances? And they're like, oh, Shane, come over here. So they caught him. Yeah, he he got he came over to our table and goes, have your resume in my inbox on Monday. Like, my inbox directly on Monday and give you a call. And um, sent it to him on Monday, Monday afternoon. He called me up. He goes, how soon can you start? No way. <laughs> that's the, like the pure definition of like everything happens for a reason. 100%. Yeah. Did, did you ever get like, um, do you ever get like tired of being out in the mines? Because I imagine you'd be pretty wild doing the roster. Like what's what's the living arrangements when you're out there? Like, because you were offshore on a rig. Yeah, yes. Floating rig. Yeah. So that, that particular job that I was on, the prelude, um, that was that's a different scenario to what the mines normally are. So when you're working offshore, it's like it's meant to be like top tier. You know what I mean? Like you you're in there. You've got like little cabin. You're you know sharing with people. When the when the prelude got there, it was still sort of in construction phase. So there was like two people to a room at a time. And if you got paired with a snorer, it was pretty yeah. terrible. But yeah. you know when I was supervising for Siemens, like because I was a supervisor, I had a nice car and. I had the company credit card, so I always got like a nice room, which that definitely helped, you know what I mean? Whereas the prelude, when I got picked up for my um, rotating equipment um, sort of skill set, I got out there going, fuck, I've made it. This is it. This is as good as it gets. And I got out there and I was like, oh, holy fuck, this might not all it's been cracked up to me because I was like sharing rooms and I was like bottom of the barrel. Like there was just this crazy little hierarchy and purple circles that were operating out there. And, you know, all the direct shell employees got to stay on the prelude in the beautiful new rooms, whereas we were staying on this thing called the, um, it was, it's a flotel, (laughs) the ASV. It's like accommodation support vessel. So when everything's getting built, you know, you've got a maintenance crew, which obviously maintains a facility, but then you've got a construction crew. So because it was still a construction phase, there's only enough room for the, uh, maintenance crew on the prelude but because it was still getting built this accommodation support vessel was full to the brim of people still building this thing yeah. as well so the Shrek, Shell Direct employees were staying on this thing and on the other side is where we were all staying um, as contractors at the time staying on this accommodation support vessel and there was like that was four to a room <laughs> bunk beds yeah, bunk beds. actually yeah. no way yeah. Yeah. yeah it was crazy I don't think it was four I think some rooms were four Summer two. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% you're sharing with people. So you, you do this thing called hot bedding. So you, you get people on days and nights. So there'd two, be two people. I'm, I'm thinking it was two people in the room. So there'd be two people in the room sleeping during the day. And then the um, swap out staff of people would come, change the beds over really quickly for the entire facility. 
and then you would finish your shift, go shower, do whatever it is, and then it was your turn to swap the bed that someone was sleeping in an hour ago. No, no, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no wonder. So we're like, obviously, that's probably not something that you think you're going to do forever, yeah? No. No. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so what? So what? What was the trigger? Like, what was the final show? We like, you know what? I got to get out of here. Oh, mate, COVID. Yeah. COVID was probably the final trigger. Um, I learned a lot of things over COVID. I learned a lot of things about myself. What'd you learn? Um, about myself? Yeah. Um, that I don't want to be. Well, we don't have to work, do that. We're working away. <laughs> we're working away anymore, yeah. that's for sure. Learned a lot of things about money, where it comes from, yeah. you know, who gets to print it, you know, how people are taxed and, you know, fiat currency and everything like that. This is when crypto was kicking off as well too. So. Yeah everyone's sort of perspectives are sort of broadening God, well, what's going on? Like, what's actually a store of value, you know? And start thinking about things like that. I had a beautiful girlfriend at the time, Lexi White, like, I hated flying away from them. Yeah. There was the pits, man, you know what I mean? Like, I loved her so much that I was just like, I'd look at her and go, fuck, like, I've I've got to go. Yeah. But, like, through COVID, I had to quarantine for two weeks. So I would, I was on three-week-on, three-week roster. Yes. Three-week-on, three-week-off. I would fly over to Perth, and quarantine in the shittiest hotel you can imagine. Like it was, it was crap. Yeah. For fifteen days, fifteen days, because you got there and that was day zero. Fifteen days I got there, so then you'd have to do like your first day, then you go fourteen after that, and then I'd have to fly up to Broome. Then I'd get a two, two and a half in a helicopter out to sea, out to the platform, work 21, 12 hour days straight. And then come all the way back home. And does that mean you only get like what four or five days at Literally home? Literally like five days at home. So by the time I commuted two and a half hours by chopper, then you get into Broome and there's a big layover. So you're drinking beers in the airport. It's a crappy little airport. You wait for that flight down to Perth, which is another two hours down to Perth. Then you you wait around in Perth. So you you know the, the most efficient way to get home was a red eye. Yeah. So you'd not slept all day, and you can't you you. I don't know if anyone's been in a helicopter there. Oh, and like in this body but it is the worst when you're flying offshore. So I've got like a full rescue vest on and everything, and it is so noisy. There's not, it's not like you're on a commercial flight where you've got like a little screen or anything. You're like not that. having a little nap on the helicopter. If you're sleeping in the helicopter, you're not frigging well because you are in like the most like upright position. Like they've got all these emergency chairs, like everyone's just like jammed in there, like saying, and you've got like a. a a big vest on so that if it goes down, you know, you're able to, you know, save yourself out of the seat. So uncomfortable, so loud. The whole thing just smells like petrol. Yeah. Um, the air conditioning often doesn't work. Yeah. So it's the pits. And, you know, so you're not sleeping the whole way through. And then um, I'd have to fly five hours back to Queensland. And then I'd land like off a red eye flight, absolutely torched. And if, depending if I came off days and nights, I'd have five days to enjoy with my partner and my friends, try to jam everything in. Like, mm. obviously, you want to spend as much time with your partner, but then you don't want to go, you know, clinically insane. You want to catch up with your friends and do stuff too. So it's yeah. such a tough one to try to juggle. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a pit. So that was the final story. Like, after, after this, I'm done. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. They were, um, yeah, it was, it was wild going out to the other side of the country. Like, they were forcing jabs on everyone. And was, I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah, mate, so say what you want. No, that's right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it, it was just wild. I just thought it was crazy how they. they you know, you couldn't even fly into that side of the country mm. without being vaccinated. I was like, oh, like, yeah, it was It was just weird. It was just such a weird time, like, and then prelude, like, the shell, 
like the whole thing. They started, you know, mandating vaccines on there as well too. And I was just like, well, shouldn't this be my choice? Like, yeah. like, like, and it just, so many things just happened at once. And I was just like, this is my exit. Squad poked its head up. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be involved in Volker Soda already. So yes. like, lots of things. It was just like a melting, this is a Goldilocks zone of just yeah. the perfect exit strategy. That's what I kind of want to talk to you about. And I guess that's, Probably the reason, like, I'm keeping company, right? Like, obviously, I've been an ambassador for Squad Athletica probably since you kicked it off. Yeah. Um, Squad Athletica is obviously, like, a men's sporting, like, clothing brand, which I fucking love. Like, we're wearing the tees now. We did a little, did a little, had a little look at the warehouse this morning, which is really cool. But that's, that's probably the sporting tie-in. Like, and I think I kind of want to have this conversation because we've been mates for so long. And I'm sure we'll touch on all, all that stuff later on. But just before we do a deep dive into that, what was the appeal with squat? Like, why Like, why was that? Like, you know what? That's something, that's an opportunity that I want to jump on. Um, the appeal for squat for me was I was a consumer because the brand started in 2016. I was a consumer for when the brand actually started. So for anyone listening, I didn't start the brand. I just, I bought it because it was going under through COVID um, off, a, off another company previously. Um, and it's just good quality gear. Yeah. Like, it is the best. The, like, it just lasted forever. So we touched on it previously, like plenty of times where I was working offshore for anyone that doesn't know anything about working offshore, they wash your clothes for you. So they wash your, they wash everything. You just chuck it in a washing bag. It'll come back to you, washed and folded the next day. Hottest wash you can imagine. Yeah. Hottest dry you can imagine. Like it's torture. They're steaming the shit out of these. That is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and after four years of working offshore, the, my same squad team, my same squad shorts, Exactly the same. Really? Like sure, a few like pulled stitches and the aglets had come off the end, like a few little bits and pieces. But after four years of only having two full sets of clothes out there, they just lasted the whole time. Because oh. to be honest, mate, it's all I wear when I train. Like, yeah. like well, obviously, like I'm lucky, like I get get some kit from you, but I've been using the same stuff. Because when did you buy it? Like three, two, no, yeah, two and a, two and a bit years ago. Yeah, so two years. Yeah, like a bit over two years, and it's still like. Such great quality. It's all I wear. It's all I wear when I train. I appreciate it. And that's it. I just didn't want to see a good brand die. So they were doing like flash sales on Instagram. I hit their DMs, eh? Did you actually? I told you. I I hit their DMs. I was like, you're not wrapping up the brand for good, are you? And they're like, well, yeah. You know, we're not sure what's going to happen over COVID. So they just started bailing water on, you know, businesses that weren't really performing on their end. And um, I was like, well, I just made a fortune on cryptocurrency. Like I made a good amount of money. I was like one of the only... I'm. Personally, one of the only people I know that actually did really well. Like, it, it was by luck that I exited at a really good time. Because, really? yeah, it was. I was just lucky, you know. Like, I made a fair bit of money on gold and silver. Yeah. Then Joe Biden got in, and I was like, oh, there's not going to be like a reform of the banks or anything like that. So I pulled everything out of physical gold and silver, put it into crypto. Then crypto went like this. Like everyone got away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a really good run on crypto, and they did the flash sales. Like, this is it. I hate flying away from Lexi. I'm sick of working on this big red turd. COVID's kicking me in the ass, like having a quarantine every single day. And this business just popped its head up and like, I'm jumping out of this. Like this was, this was meant to be. It's kind of like, like I, like, I was saying this to you this morning, I swear like good things happen to good people. And like, this is just like a little civil part of where it's like, I've got to jump on this opportunity. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was too, it was too good to pass up. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it was just such a good, I was looking for an exit from mining. I just didn't see a future in it for me working away. Like, my headspace on that on that project was just crap. Is that just because you're going like big hours, big days? Big hours, big days, 
they had some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life. Yeah. But they also had some of the fucking biggest morons in management positions yeah. you've ever met in your life. Like not just like bosses, but like just shit people. Yeah. Like, it was and yeah, it was it was tough. It was it was a tough slog out there. Do you like do you think about that now going into like your everyday life? Because we like you're someone who I lean on a lot in terms of just like everyday and I think we've got a really healthy relationship. But the crew around you Man, it's so cool. Like, do you think I've seen the worst of it, but now I kind of just want the best of it? Do you think about that often? Yeah, I do. And I am so incredibly grateful for, and so I say this to people often, the best bit about me, Fawzi, is the company I keep. Like, I've got the most incredible Can you the company, the company you keep? That's a great plug right there. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the checks out. Um, I, I am. Like, the best bit about me is the people that I have around. I've got the most incredible network of, you know, friends and influential people and, you know, business-minded people or people that are just getting out and having crack at doing things like no one. Like how many people will say, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast, but actually get after it and do it. And you're interviewing some of the most incredible people in the world. Like you actually get after it. Like I love that. Like I'm surrounded by so many like-minded, beautiful people and I'm so grateful every day. And because there's, there's that conversation of guys and girls who have like the idea like they, they're always thinking about the year, but actually like taking action and actually doing it. Like, see so with squad, like not so, well squad, obviously, but like vodka soda. Yeah. You took over the Queensland side of it and like Queensland went nuts. Yeah. Like Queensland went nuts when you took over. Like even when, when we were in Bali, we did a good little Bali scene over the weekend, yeah. like a couple of years ago. And all the boys, um, especially from Sydney, they're like, man, but was this coming in here? Like any party that we're doing, like vodka soda was around everywhere with the Burley Pavilion, it's on tap. Like yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. man, it's just wild. But that's you taking like genuine action, hey? Yeah. Well, you got up. Like it, it's easy to talk. <laughs> Is it? You just got to put your boss on and have a go. Where do you reckon, where do you reckon that comes from? Do you see that from like other mates or is that like a family thing that you saw growing up? <clears throat> I reckon... This has just sort of dawned on me. There's two people that I would attribute that to. One, my father, he's just he worked his ass off. That's 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 all he knows how to do is just work his freaking ass off. And that's where I, I kind of find it funny. He knows how to do physical labor and work his ass off, but is he always working smart? <laughs> you know what I mean? He knows how to do the physical hard work. So where I, I get a lot of my grit from my old man. Um, and I actually had a really sort of... Uh, what like a great mentor at Siemens where I was working his name Jeff Mayer um, and he was always the kind of man that was just like alright well what's done is done we've just got to fix whatever it is there's no use complaining about it if you want to do something fucking get after it like and it didn't matter what it was if we needed to get a job done if there was a, a fuck up on a turbine casing or if parts didn't arrive on time it's just like what are we going to do hypothesizing about these, this shitty scenario Let's just do something to keep moving forward. And I think a combination of good logical thinking from Jeff and the grit from my old man is sort of... It's like the perfect combination. Yeah, because it'll, it'll combo. I was like, all right, let's get after it then. Because I see that with you with a lot of things that you're interested in. It's like you're generally interested in something in a discipline or a field or whatever it is. You'll do a deep dive into it. Without, without like it's like you're very like analytical in the way you think it's like I'm not gonna oh someone said that they want to do like whatever it is mushroom extract for example like, yeah. like, yeah. like such a not the right yeah, example yeah. but you know what I mean like you've got something even um, talking about what were we talking about lunch um, the um, oh, epigenetics epigenetics 
<laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so curious about like, you know, um, the experiences and maybe not traumas, but like the experiences you have as a child and how that formulates the type of person you are growing up. You're like, yeah, bro. And genetics. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know. Yeah, fucking like, yeah, looked at all this thing. You should look at this. And I was like, mate, you've done, like, you've fully done the well. It's just, you, you, you've got to be curious every day. Like, I find no one's curious anymore. Everyone will just, like, sit there and just, like, listen to everything the TV is telling them or everything that Instagram is telling them. It's like, I'm not, I'm not a genius by any stretch of the term. I'm just interested. I'm just curious. And I'll do, like, a little dig on that. It was like, even weird. It's funny you say that about epigenetics, which. I'm not clearly, I'm not well versed <laughs> on that. You know, a little, little bit of, a little, little, little dive on it. But it was funny the other day, I went and seen uh, my friend TMI, she's a naturopath, an incredible naturopath. And she gave me this thing for energy because she knows how much I'm working. She gave me these things for stress and all these like natural therapies for yeah. stress and good sleep. And she gave me these tablets, which are nicotinamide riboside, which are like, uh, they're really good for, for energy levels. Yes. And she just showed me the bottle, like, oh, nicotinamide riboside. Oh, and nicotinamide mononucleotide, they're precursors for NAD, hey. Yes. She's like, well, hang on. <laughs> you How do you, like, how do you actually even know that? I was like, oh. I was actually just looking into this recently, <laughs> just having a little dive on it. But yeah, they're really good for cognitive brain function and energy levels. Do you look, so is that the first sort of step that you've taken for energy level? Because I look at you and you're someone, and anyone who knows you, to be honest, I think anyone who's listening to this podcast <laughs> are probably mates, to be honest. Yeah. Like, and I think that, and that's probably a great thing. And that's something we'll want to touch on a little bit later on. But anyone who knows you knows that you work very hard you've got your hands in a lot of pies at the moment, um, which is, <laughs> my hands are fucking covered, 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 covered pies. <laughs> um, but like, and I and I, I admire it. Like I admire the hard work and I, like sometimes I do get a bit worried about it, to be honest, because you do work to be asked to the bone. But is that something that you're conscious of? You obviously are because you've gone to see a naturopath, but like, is that the steps that you would take but you'd advise anyone who's like, yeah, no, nah, like in terms of like energy levels, like how do I keep that level and neutral? Oh, that's, that's a question. Yeah, that is a, that's a fucking question. Um, with CNT, I didn't specifically go and see her for energy and stress. It's, not, it's just, I struggle sometimes, I fail. Tia knows the person that I am. I pop by, I was in her little neighborhood, so I pop by just to give her a little cuddle. Hey, how are you, mate? What's going on? She goes, I know what you're like. I'm going to give you these things. So she just gave me this nice. stuff. Like, she knows exactly who I am. So that's why I went that. In terms of what I think people should do for their energy and stress levels, how to manage it, might not be the great thing. Because like like I struggle, like I don't even know the answer myself, but I do know like get good sleep, getting a good routine of eating healthy, exercising regularly, drink plenty of water. Um, It's all just... It's not rocket science, the stuff that actually helps, you know what I mean? So like getting yourself in a good routine of like getting up early so you can, you know, you don't want to sleeping in, wasting your mornings anyway, healthy breakfast, good nutritional food, yes. drinking lots of water and rest is so important. And I find if you're well rested and you're eating good and you're training hard, as like you're making time for those things off to the side, the rest sort of come naturally. You can think so much clearer. Do you block out time to rest? Yes. No, you don't. I know the answer. I do. Yes, I do. If anyone's listening, uh, boys are just shaking. Because that, man, that's like that's what I get worried about. Like, like you 
pushing the limit? Do you, how do you know? Do you get to the point where like, yeah, I'm fuck, I'm actually burnt out here. Like, I actually need to take a day. Do you ever think about it? It's like, no, nah, I'm just going to push through. Well, I don't know. Like, I think that's where a lot of big Bill Forsey comes out in me where I like, you know, if I feel like I'm burning out, it's like, it's okay. Like, you got it. You got it in you. Like, I did. Like, recently I've, I've been experiencing a fair bit of burnout, you know, like, I haven't been making a great deal of time for myself. I'm like, a, I'm a big giver. Like, I give, give a lot of energy to a lot of people. And just recently I've actually tapered that back and sort of just filled my own cup up a little bit which you know it's hard to be conscious of because i or like i actually get fulfillment out of filling other people's cups you know what i mean then again it, like to what sort of detriment is it because you do burn out eventually it's, it's not a long-term solution i think about this all the time like <laughs> I, like i dead to think about this not you all the time i do think about you quite often but not, not every day but i'm just like but, but like when i finish that's okay yeah i'm out of here but now when i when i finished up for you i think i was telling you this morning it was like oh god same as you i'm curious about so many things like i wanted wanted to run ultra marathons you know i wanted to do jujitsu i wanted to get into psych and you know working with what ability i wanted to keep training i wanted to see all my mates and and i was like well i gotta like i gotta choose I gotta choose where I allocated my time because someone said to me, I don't know, maybe like a year ago, that so you can be great at one thing or you can be good at like ten things. Yeah, so you just gotta like choose to allocate your time. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what do I want to be doing now? So, so everything I'm doing now, I want to be doing for the next ten years. Yeah. So, so I'm like, well, the podcast, like, this is such a great avenue to like break down the barriers of mental health by having conversations who we all look up to, flip to people who we all look up to. Yeah. And you and your community is someone that everyone looks up to. Like for me personally, you're someone who I really lean on in terms of like advice. And, and that's something that I want to touch on. It's like, I think that we've got such a great, healthy relationship. That's the best. If like, I may, I, I could go a month, a couple of months without speaking. And then I'll get a call from you. Like, hey mate, how are you? I'm just checking in. I was like, I love you. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just like, it doesn't have to be, and it's, and it's constructive. Like, it's not like, there's no like brave macho, like, oh, actually, no, nah, I'm sweet. Like, how are you going? Yeah, no, nah, I'm sweet. I'm really good. Like, whatever. Like, I've got no stresses. Yeah. It's always like just that little bit layer deeper. And I yeah. think that comes from like years. Like, I've known you for yeah. an album in a year. A long time, yeah. I think that's like, obviously, it's your generosity, like your generous nature. But I think like we've got the ability to be able to just go about like a little <clears> bit <throat> layer deeper. And it's like, how are you? I'm so, mate, because you can tell people something about mate. I'm actually talking burnt out. I'm actually a little bit shirts. I'm actually going on with this and likewise. And we can sort of just bounce off each other, have a conversation and then that's it. And I don't know, I feel better. I don't know about you, but I feel better after talking this conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I think you pulled me up on it really nicely the other day too. Like, I think we spoke, the last time we spoke while you were still down in Sydney, I just told you, I was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm a little bit burnt out, but like, I really admire you for reaching back out via text. You're like, Hey, I'm worried about you. You're not doing enough for yourself. Mm. Like you're, you're cognizant on it. Like, you know who I am. Yeah. It's just, you straight up message me <laughs> after the conversation. I know who you are, Bozzy. I know you well enough to know you're burning out. Go and take some time for yourself. But I think the text message will be there somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. I know you go do something for yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it like you know like you? yeah I did yeah 100% 100% like if, if one of my dearest friends is saying mate you're burning out like it, like we don't need to talk that much to know that we know each other very fucking well yeah um, so if you like pick up that on the phone to me it was like okay maybe 
you do you pump the brakes a little bit. I think I just worked for a surf or something like that. That's enough to fill the cup. But that's it. Like it doesn't have to be a whole. It doesn't have to be a whole that. Yeah. Like I, you're right. And which which that's another thing I really struggle with. Like I have like this weird imposter syndrome where I just don't feel like I don't know. I've always felt kind of undeserving for some sort of things. I don't know. I think a lot of people do struggle with a similar sort of thing. A lot of successful people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I always think like take some time for yourself, and it's like. I don't have time to take time for yourself, but even just like a one-hour swim tally, like beautiful day, go for a little tip of tally. Mm. That it's crazy how much more aligned I will be on a nice day, beautiful like tally creek, just a little dip, little like just go in and see Natty Roberts at Custom Kills. Oh, I yeah. What's up? Bang, little dip, like cheering, yeah, cheering like that. We just fill the cup right up. That's. That's not a full day. That's not like it's crazy, and that's just enough to you know fill the cup up, just enough to keep going. It's just time. It's time. Like and even like even just catching up with a mate. Yeah. Like, even when like we'll go for like to Jefferson for a coffee, go for a little swim, or have a little coffee after. Mate, I feel I feel so energized. Yeah. Like I just I walk away from that conversation. Like even that swim, even this conversation, I'm like I'm like I'm ready to go for the day. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know like why. And like sometimes they like, don't need to be having deep conversations all the time. Like, yeah, exactly. I think I'm I'm conscious of the fact that by having these conversations, people might think, oh, you you, know, you just have deep conversations all the time. It's like no, no. Like 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 only like, only when I think it's needed. Yeah, definitely. I'm really glad that um you actually did go for a set after because yeah. <laughs> I said like I wouldn't say it if I think it's needed. Yeah, of course. Um. But I'm glad that like, and sometimes I think, oh, is it even really like, is it even worth like sending out those messages sometimes? Yeah, it is. It I, definitely is. For anyone I'm, listening, it is. Yeah. For anyone listening, it is. Especially if you've got relationships like ours where, you know, like I value your opinion so heavily, you know, if you're telling me to go do something because you're concerned for my general well-being, it's like, Keegan's not, not concerned for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll go fill the cup up. I love, I love, I look back at our friendship and like some of the experiences that we've had. I'll tell you this morning, but like the very, this is like a classic just for the story. Like we met, well, it must have been when I first came back to the Gold Coast at times, maybe like 2017, maybe 2017, 2016, yeah. something like that. And it was like me, you, it was the first time I met you. I came with like Joe Wallace, Carl Lawton, Uppy, and we were just sitting on Burley Hill having, having beers. And I've been Joe Wallace might have, and said to come along, yeah. Or whatever it was, we're sitting on Burley here, we started with a couple of beers, and we had a good lash that night. <laughs> like, like, we ended up in the crab pot, winning some money at the crab pot, ended up with Justin Lane, like having, and it was just one of those like fun nights. Good energy where it just like you're and, feeding off each other. And you look at the crew that we were with, like, just everyone's just like, give, like, everyone's giving, and I remember thinking, like, man, I had such a fun night, and then I'm, I think we were messaging the next morning, and this is the first time I've met you, I don't know you from Borough Soap, so yeah. it was a good night. And I remember thinking like, and you messaged me like, mate, hey, let's like, how are you feeling? You bit dusty. I'm like, I'm cool. You're like, let's go, let's go to Wahoos and let's let's have, let's have, let's have some food. And then we popped in the Wahoos and you'll get behind the grill and like making burgers. And I was like, who is this one? I was like, I'm from the Wahoos. And you're like, get behind the grill, making burgers, like kissing fucking every baby and like every person that works fast. And I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? And I was like, from that, from ever since that moment, like. It's just been just so comfortable and just so easy. Yeah, we got such a good relationship. I love it so much. Yeah. Even like even the trip to like the Bali trip and the mentalities. <laughs> the mentalities. Because I, I cannot believe Jay Wall and I convinced you 
hours after a shoulder reconstruction to get on a flight and come and see us in Bali. My parents, we were sitting here in this, like, in this yeah. living room. <laughs> I was like, I, I, was, I didn't know that the shoulder recon on the Monday. Uh, I think it was a Wednesday night. I was just sitting in my bedroom um, in a sling and like still stitches still in and then you guys facetiming you guys look like you're having so much fun i'm like come, come to bali i was like man i've got things on on monday or tuesday next monday i gotta go see this um the specialist again like just come for the weekend and i was just like oh all right i'll have a look and i was like no nah, i can't afford it like we've got accommodation just booked your flight so i booked the flight wednesday night like just booked it came out told mum and dad and they're like, isn't that way you're going to Bali? Like, you just show up. I was like, no, no, I'd be sweet. The boys said they'd look after me. The boys said that they would meet me at the airport and get like a car and be fine. And then, um, and they were, they were very disapproving. Like, this is, this is before you knew <laughs> um, And then I rocked up to Denpasar, like airport. And then it was just, you guys weren't there. You obviously hung over or something. And it was just like a little Balinese bloke with like King and Hipcrack. Like, where are you coming? Wacky. <laughs> Whatever tours Bali, look him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we had such a, that was such a, and just for the weekend, we had yeah. a pretty great little weekend, single film. Um, what was that little, what was that bar that was like, it was like a skate pole? Pretty poison. Pretty poison. Oh yeah. Couch tabbies getting around. Hell yeah, that's unsanitary. I don't know if this, <laughs> I'm not just good to talk about mental health and sport podcasts. <laughs> mate, but if you need a little escape, go head over to Bali, go clear your head. Mate, I've done that. The few, oh, probably shouldn't talk about going to clear my head. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't I don't even know if I've touched on that too much with you, like where I had that crash over in Bali. Mate, very briefly. Yeah, I um speaking of the like relationships, I'd just broken up with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm gonna go like I had so many things going on, like obviously still working on Morgan so much. Mm. Squad was killing me, like so I had all my accounts hacked. For squad, so all my meta accounts that for 10 months my accounts were hacked like i put everything everything i can into squad still yeah. working for so still doing so much stuff just broken up on the cheek just come home to an empty house like it's just so many things are going on mm. i want to go clear my head over in bali literally in the first like two hours of being in bali i had a scooter crash and smashed my head in, was busted no way I'm, I, don't know. Yeah. I was just like i'm gonna go refresh so when i was saying go go over to bali just go for a little bit of a reset first time i did that did not go so well and that was a big it was a big cheap acl yeah acl you just ripped the whole thing it was it was bad like my knee i could squat my ankle was stuff my head i was like really badly concussed i was like speaking really really slowly couldn't get on a flight because my head was just like I I I pulled gravel out of my head like two two or three months ago like a little I thought there was a pimple on my head and it was a rock still stuck in. How many was that? That was October last year. Oh yeah, yeah, it would have been like August that I pulled like a rock out of my head. And for someone who's like a very go go go, like I'm imagining like training is like a like an outlet, like a yeah. de-stressor for you. How'd you go not on any of that? Mentally not well. I was already struggling. Like I was struggling big time mentally already, you know, trying to juggle so many things. So for, for me to turn around and say on a very small budget, like, I mean, I that, that's what was killing me. Like find the financial stress of like keeping squad afloat and paying my rent and having them buy new furniture and all these new things. And, you know, taking on this more, uh, not the more, taking on the rent by myself. Mm. I was so financially you know, crippled the shit myself. So for me to turn around and go say, all right, I've got to go fill my cup and go do some stuff. It was a dear friend of mine's Bucks party. It was starting, it was going Thursday to Monday. I got over there early on the Tuesday, bang, straight up. Scooter crash, I was there for like 
I was a bastard. Trying to navigate the Bali Hospitals? wheels. I did go. Oh, you didn't go a few years ago. Really? A few years ago. I had this out of this garage. So they had a crash up and I was, I was riding, skidded out in the rain, smashed a pole over the hangers. The bike was obliterated. Um, admittedly, yeah, I had a couple of drinks. I was drinking with, drinking with Mage, but it was in the first two hours I was there. So I was like, I cannot have been that drunk, right? You know, like, because yeah. I don't think I landed at like 12 o'clock, 11.30, 12 o'clock. I had an accident at two, two o'clock at night. I've met everyone else. Like, yeah, how much? Because I really, you know, drank. But yeah, had drink, do not drink and scooter ride, um, regardless. Um, yeah, I woke up in the bottom of this culvert to this, like, lady. She thought I was she thought I was dead. I just remember standing oh, up. So you were completely out. I was busted. I, I remember coming to, like, standing up, and there was, like, blood coming out of my face. And this lady was at the top of the culvert and she was on her phone and she just looked at me like, cause I was deep in the bottom of this culvert, like as, but like roof height. She like looked at me and just goes, oh, strong boy. <laughs> <laughs> she was caught, mate, she called the scooter to her and say, mate, someone's dead in my culvert. Like right in front of where we're on, out of the back there. Oh, why? Yeah, man. My, um, my dude Blackie came and picked me up and goes, you're drunk, you're drunk, you're so drunk. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so concussed right now. And Blackie's like, Oh shit, like, just, whoa, you are, you are actually cooked. Like, I just couldn't, like, he's like, don't fall asleep on me. Don't, 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 like, Blackie saved my best mate's life, Eosie, yeah. a couple of years ago, and he's done the same for, same no. for me too. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow, you've, you've really done a number here. Like, you could tell I was just so concussed from, like, because a car was coming towards me and a scooter came around the car to overtake and it was raining. So I'm like, riding through the rain, like, squinty eye. And I've like tried to swerve and dodge this scooter that was trying to overtake the car coming towards me. And I washed the front wheel going around the corner. And then that's when I just hit the, the culvert. So like, like a genuine, like that's an, that's an easy mistake to make. Kind of thing. And I, yeah, fully dusted myself out real good. Did any of the boys like know, like it was a new what happened after the fact? Were they like looking for you or is it just something? Yeah, I, I ended up getting straight back to the accommodation. I found, I, I found the boys black. He dropped me. He goes, I'm taking you to the hospital. Like, not a chance you take me to that hospital because when when my mate at the time Eelsey when he had the crash they took him to Bali General and Bali General is a place that I wouldn't even wish my worst enemies to why is that it was awful that was like camping mattresses like leather like sort of those like leather mattresses like yeah. those old crappy yeah, leather mattresses uh, there was a bloke I just remember him just being completely naked on this bed next to like no curtains nothing with like a compound fracture to his femur um, and he's completely naked and no one's paid for anything. So he's just like screaming like. And so they won't touch you unless you pay? Nah, didn't pay for anything. So I got there, <sighs> Michael, so Blackie had picked him up, got him to the hospital. Blackie, the Balinese dude, paid for him so they could start like taking care of him. His head was massive, big color in his head. And this dude was like in agony. No one's paid for him. So he's just waiting on the thing. And there's like people sitting on the ground over there. No one's wearing shoes. There's like flies getting around the Bali general. There was like, I just remember so vividly, um, you know, scalpel blades. Yeah. I just remember like a beaker of, um, a beaker of like used scalpel blades. Like not, not a sharps container, like a beaker of used scalpel blades. Like just sitting on the bench over there. There was just, it was crap. Like it was just so crap. But they've got all the they've got the equipment there. You just gotta pay for it. Well, they've got some stuff there. So we should have gone to Bali International, like a big travel insurance. We should have just gone straight there. But like, Blackie didn't know. Like, 
Ilzy was unconscious. Mm. Like, yeah, we could have gone and done that. But anyway, he just took us straight to Bali General. Because if you go to Bali, um, international, it's a fortune straight out of the gate working on a Westerner, you know. And obviously, Michael was, you know, barely conscious. Mm. Really, you know, do any of the insurance paperwork or anything. But yeah, it was just, it was not a great experience to that, that Bali General. So when I had the crash, I was like, I'll take care of myself. Mm, yeah. I remember. I just, I woke up, I slept next to one of our mates. Oh, I just met all these boys actually, because they were on the end of their footy trip yeah. and I was going to catch up with them. Uh, I was going to catch up. I was flying over with Lee Kitchen at the time and I just got put in this bed with this dude at Co. So I slept next to him and my leg was just toast, toast. Like, I mean, like proper pouring out blood, like really bad. Like I should have had a lot of stitches. Yeah, so my hand was pouring out. And there's a photo in a group chat of like, the bed just looking like a proper Jeffrey Dahmer crime scene. Crime scene. Yeah. And they had to pay for the they had to pay for the mattress because that's that's just where I was like, it was just fuck. So you <laughs> when you like wrap it up coming back. Yeah, I literally yeah. just worked on I just did everything myself. I went and you know, antiseptic, all the fruit, came and then took it. All the fruit? What do you mean all the fruit? All the fruit, like oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, 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 all the stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the stuff, antiseptic, all the bandages, everything. And I had uh, one of my best mate Bucks parties. I was like, well, I've organised everything. I organised day beds at, organised day beds at Mississippi, um, the lawn. Mm. Um, one of my friends, Lucky, hooked us up with a massive, um, uh, like a big private area for, uh, for fins. Yeah. So we had so much shit booked. I'm like, I'm not not good. So you went? 100%. I couldn't fly home. I had a swelling in my brain, so I couldn't fly home. Anyway, yeah, okay. So <laughs> what? Yeah, so I was just like, what? I had I had Curtis Taylor. Do you know Do you know Curtis Taylor? Plays for North Melbourne. Absolutely. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he, he saw me. Actually, I think I was with the Harringtons. I think it was with Dean Hazard. Yeah. What the Lord. Yeah. And I... <laughs> this is how bad my head was. I was looking at Curtis Taylor, dear friend of mine. My head was so swollen because all the swelling had just gone, two black eyes, all the swelling had just gone across this side of the face. And I'm like looking square at him and he's just like, is this guy sweet? Is, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, not even talk me. I'm like, wait, Curtis. Awesome. I didn't even recognize him. No way. I'm so bad. I was in the lawn just... I was like, I'm here for the Bucks party. I'm still going to hammer through it. So I hammer through it. He just like him and his girlfriend at the time didn't even recognize who I was. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Um, do you have any like lingering symptoms from the concussion? Oh, no, no, okay. Touch wood. But yeah, it's a touch wood, man. Like it was, it was bad. And concussions are something you don't want to be messing around. Yeah. Yeah, prime. Yeah. yeah primary prime uh, candidate here. Yeah, case in point. Well, I, um, yeah, I get like a bit worried about a few of the boys, especially our mates who are still playing for you. Like I look, I'll go, mate. Like I'll look at, I look at a few of the boys, and even like I did a podcast with Jay Wallace, like out one of our close mates, and he, um, have you seen that? Like before a game, and I, I used to watch it like from when we were twenty twenty one, and he would get a ball and he would like smash it against his head to see stars before he would run out because like he's a prop, he'll run off the kickoff. And Jay Wall will do that. Jay Wall will do that. So Jay Wall will smash the ball in his head to kind of like get him head, to get his head in the right mind frame to run into a brick wall off the kickoff. Cause that's what he does. Like he's a prop. So when they kick the ball off to the front of his, he's the first big collision. So he's like in order to do that, 
I'm going to hit like, I'm going to hit my head with it like the ball. And I used to see it all the time. And this is before. Oh, so this is like sideline stuff that you're. Sideline. Just obviously no one's paying attention to what's going on the sideline. You've just kicked off. This is in the shed. So in the shed, still playing. And just, just to get himself in the right frame of mind, is like, if I don't do that, then I don't feel like I'm ready for the collision. And I'm like, I was, I was like, I was like kind of biting my tongue like throughout the interview and I could I obviously I've seen him done it I do it a million times it was something that I wanted to bring up in the interview because I was like mate that you were you have like so many like little micro hits to the head throughout the game like bang you're like the ball in there just to like see start and I can kind of see where his head's at like I can kind of see like if it is a big impact like you do want to get ready for it but it's scary bro but it's not like <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong you can't like train your brain to get ready for a collision like if i want to get stronger at doing squats i do squats if i want to be a better runner i will run more i correct me if i'm wrong with this logic smacking your head more does not make your brain more resilient it would no no like i feel like you've got a finite amount of knocks your head can take. Yes. And I feel like like you're just using up those knocks nonchalantly. It's a it's a superstition thing. Yeah, of, hey, course, yeah, of, course, of course. I totally get where yeah, yeah, it's coming with it. I'm like, that's ludicrous. I remember like, because they, for me, and like, you know, it's actually, it's well documented the fact that like the more concussions that you get or more hits the head, the more like lucky you are to, to get I don't know if I don't know if there's a direct correlation with CTE. Like I don't think we actually know that just yet. Yep. Um, but there is like the more head knocks you get, the more susceptible you are to concussion and concussion symptoms. Like a lot of my symptoms got worse the more head knocks I got. Yeah. Like when I was younger, like the LG schoolboys, I got like I think like three or four head knocks. Like we went over to France and England and like a six week tour over there. And I think we had like six games all over there. Yeah. We had like three or four head knocks in that. Just in that space, as yep. like an eighteen-year-old, seventeen. Yeah, as a, as a kid, and essentially your brain, your, your brain would still be in the development phases then, at like eighteen years. Your, like, your brain's still developing until you're like twenty-five, from my from my understanding. Yeah, right. Um, and so I guess that's the conversation that comes into like child, like kids playing sport, like tackle sport, and you all these parents saying like, uh, and I haven't made up my decision. I haven't made up my mind on on yeah. what I've where I stand. I don't know enough yet. Um, but I can see how some parents wouldn't want to put their kids into contact sport yeah. because they want their kids to have the best chance at having a healthy brain and yeah. fully develop. Um, but yeah, like I, I would get head knocks like from a young age, even into under twenties, and we were young and dumb back then. So I'd get a head knock and we'd be out on the piss like after a win, which is the, probably the worst thing you can yeah. do, right? Trauma. Oh. The trauma. It's trauma. Let me just inflate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and I, and I think we had like very like a small understanding of the impact that it could have and you know you've got a club doctor saying you're not allowed to do this and and sometimes you do it but when you're 18 years old like you're just invincible you know you're super young you're dumb you, you'll do everything you do anything to play yeah um and then i found like the later like, i had 12 months off in 2019 with concussion and three big ones and they said look you need six months off a year off just to let your brain recover yeah i was like yeah sweet um and then I came back really well. I came back to the Titans, had um, finished that season um, in 2020, played 2021 season, and then same thing, got like three big concussions and felt the symptoms like so, so repeatedly. What, what are the symptoms? Well, it's different for everyone. So that's the thing people are like, oh, you, like, you get one head knock and like some guys might get 10 head knocks and be fine. And the other guys might get one head knock and they could be cooked. But my symptoms were like emotional irritability. So like I would be like, 
super happy and then like super sad or like irritable and being like angry for no reason. Like I remember, and obviously the whole thing, like memory things, like forgetting like keys and forgetting stuff here and there. But I always say like this story is like when I think I just, it was like I'd finished my, I had the last game um, in 2021 for the Parramatta Eels who played um, yeah. Pennant Panthers where I had the big one. Um, and then, then the following couple of weeks, it was like my granddad's, it was like his birthday or like I was saying, he wasn't doing that great. And I never, and I, to be honest, like, I didn't think I would get to see him like that many more times. So I like, I really wanted to spend time with him. And I remember just like driving there, just like angry. I was just angry from like, for no, no reason, like nothing like, to, like apart from the fact that I was like talking to the neurologists and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't get to play the finals, didn't get to play like, but it was like nothing really going on. Like it was just, it was just fine. It was weird because- Not enough treat you. Not enough to treat 100% for no reason. I had a really great day, brought to the beach, did all the things. Um, I went, I you know, spent the time with my granddad and my family. And I just like, felt like I was thinking of like anywhere else I could have been, where instead of just being present, I was just I was angry and I was just like, I got out, I left that maybe an hour later and I was sitting in the car and I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to be able to spend that much time with him. And you just sat there, didn't say a word and you was angry and I just broke down crying. Cause I was like, Man. and then that's when I like sort of come to the realization where it's like, my brain's just recovering. Like my brain is fully just recovering and it needs time to heal because you've suffered like a big, like a big head knock. Um, so that was probably the worst symptoms and like obviously had like I had a headache for like six weeks after my last one um, It wasn't like a migraine, but it was just like consistent for like six to eight weeks Five, yeah mm. Six to eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, and like not as bad as migraine. No, nah, not, not about not as bad as migraine But it was just there like all yeah. the time You like, knew it like it was just sitting just sitting in my head like just sitting in my head and then like and obviously like having conversations with neurologists and I was like well, I can't I was like I can't change and because we like we like, I know Chris Lee is an independent neurologist um, who, when you have multiple concussions, you have to go off-site and see an independent psychologist. And Chris Lee is that guy at Newcastle, fantastic bloke, like one of the best. And um, and then we had the conversations about like medical retiring, like you know, if you suffered all these concussions, like you've got a life like outside of you, like you, you can do stuff. Is like, I recommend that you medically retire. Went through that whole situation, but I said to him like on the last visit, I was like to him, I can't changed the last like 10 15 16 years of footy even when i was a kid i can't change all those head knocks i've done but i was like what can i do to be better going forward i was like what like what are the stuff like what can i do like like what what are they like tell, like, tell me what i can do yeah what are the squats yeah, what, like, what, what's the running that i can me, do for my brain give yeah. me a practical thing that i can take away from this and and help and he said there's a few things you can do obviously like staying off the piss is probably a great thing. I feel like they're like surprised when you drinking drugs are not great things for your yeah. mental health. Well, I'm not surprised, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I pulled back from drinking heaps. I don't know, I've told you, I'm doing a year sober. I'm, gonna, I'm doing, I'm taking a year off. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna do, I'm like two months in now. Um, and I'll touch, I'll touch on that later anyway. Um, so like drinking drugs, probably not the greatest things for you. Um, physical exercise issues, like all the stuff you said about like having yeah. positive mental health before, like, Physical exercise is great. Um, nutrition, eating like good quality food. No, right now, 100%. Um, I mean, staying away from sugar is another great thing. But the biggest thing that I took away was learning new things. 
Right. Yeah, mate. Like, cre- like creating new synapses in the brain and like, and like, synapse, synapse. Oh, I just know. I'm looking down the barrel, looking at Kane Elgy. Kane Elgy, Oh my God. Oh man. Oh, all memory unlocked. Every time I say that word, I'm like, I just think of you and Carlos. <laughs> So everyone, everyone listens like this is the worst podcast you guys are just talking about oh, but anyway like learning new things is such a is such a great way to like create new new pathways yeah. in your brain so yeah, definitely. it's not about like doing the same sudoku like every day like yeah. you know what I mean it's about like learning something that you've never done before and it's yeah. like it's hard so like new instrument um, language is another really popular one um, even, even just things that are hard like I look at doing a psychology degree or a postgraduate in psychology as really hard. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, like, that's it. Uh, you're right. I look at like how much volume of knowledge like you have to take in and understand and be able to regurgitate. Yeah, and I look at that and that's like because I've been and we're going to do my postgrad in psych, and I'm nervous to do that because that's like that's a huge amount of volume of work. But I think everything like learning i was like that would be that's amazing and that's yeah. something that obviously i want to have like i want to be able to have the tools to be able to help friends and family go yeah, forward ties into doing the podcast like even just like putting this like a little home studio together like taking over mum and dad's little like living room sick, sick. but Come like the world. but learning like thanks nick yeah michael kelly shout out things yeah. for putting this together yeah. um but like the whole little things of um cameras like audio like editing um all these, all these little things. Like, there's, a, there's actually a fair bit that goes into it behind the scenes. Yeah, for and sure. I was like, that's such an amazing, such an amazing learning curve yeah, as well. Right. So yeah, I guess they're the few other things that like can help with Andrew. And I guess you'd be like throwing yourself in the deep end there too. Like, I want to do a podcast, and now he's like, all right, well, what are the things that we need to do to figure out how to make it all work seamlessly? You know, you can't just outsource everything to everyone else. Which you know, that was the thing for me at Spot too. Like, mm. like learning new things. You know, e-commerce, it's very, like, it's fucked up. Because you didn't have, you went from the mines, did you have much of, like, an understanding of how business operated before you started as well? Zero. Zero, yeah. None, like, especially on the e-commerce-based platform. So with Voppy Soda, the boys, Marcus, Alex, Sean, those guys, that, um, they're, the, they're the founders of the business. They sort of took care of, you know, everything, a lot of the back of house, mm. you know. I sort of, I just did like the relationships based side of things. So even, yeah, that, that's one of the strength, <laughs> one strength of mine. Um, it wasn't a lot of the business back end that I, you know, did with that. So taking on squad, that was my first real exposure to like infantry management, yes. like get like coordination of stock and content and ads and cash flow and being able to manage so many different things. And it's only now that two years on that, if I look back on my journey from where I started to where I am now, I'd be like, holy shit. It's so cool to look back and it's cool. Oh, man. Like it's cool. I remember having this designer with me at the time. They both were what they worked for P Nation at the time, but I just crutched on him for everything. You know, like even just really trivial things like you're wearing that t shirt and they're the barcode that's affiliated with that t shirt, there's not another one like it in the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you've got to do you it's called G S one barcoding. He had to do all my barcoding and everything for me. Whereas now, like, it's just one tiny little element that just makes up a really big part of the business's barcoding. Like, mm-hmm. no one's probably gone to the grocery store and looked at the back of that thing. You're just going, fuck, a fair bit of work went into that. Yeah, yeah, that's like, you know, But now I know it. Now I understand it. And it's just learning so much shit every single day. 
like Canva, teaching myself, Canva, teaching myself, Shopify, like understanding the psychology of why people buy products and, you know, like what it would be like if I just constantly went on sale, how the psychology of people is done. I'll just wait for the sale. But instead of like going on sale, I offer people things to be a part of the squad. Here's a little voucher. So cognitively, I don't devalue my brand by going on sale, but I've just offered, I've offered, you know, a voucher to someone to make a purchase, which incentivizes them to buy something more. So it's like just getting into the psychology of it, like learning all that too. I can so fun. I can see you doing such a deep dive into that stuff specifically because of just how like curious you are about yeah. it. I love it. Like it's wild. Is there any things that like like how do you like what's your process? Do you like do you have say if you talk about like psychology for buyers, right? Or like sellers. Do you pick people's brands are you reading books are you just like learning from like experience and failures like what do you reckon the biggest learnings from you for you the last couple of years this goes back to the conversation we had of how lucky i am to be surrounded by such incredible people yeah i have crutched on so many great people with businesses in my little area like i mean like casey lyons that owns live and charity who we're collaborating with like they're very big in the men's the mental health space maybe you had some t-shirts with them collaborating shortly you know, my dear friend, uh, Crawley and Grippo that own Valley Eyewear, you know, I was only sitting having a little wine with them last night, um, talking about ads and what they're doing for Black Friday and, you know, brand identity, who you are, and Katie Tingle from Sabiaco, like the skincare label, who you just met in your office. She just, like, she knows inside outs, but she's been doing this marketing course in the background, Jay Wright, e-commerce equation, where... You know, they're talking about setting up email flows and stuff like that. So I'm so lucky to be surrounded by such a well-rounded, ambitious, curious bunch of incredible people that just love helping people as well. And that makes like, that gives you inspiration as well. Yeah? Every day. Every day. Like I look, like I look at you, like Keegan and Co. Like I want to do a podcast. I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I look at Keegan doing it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fuck learn how to do that with a squad cast coming soon. Yes. Yeah, yes, like, there it is. There's a shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look at like, even when we were walking out of your warehouse today, um, I was just like, mate, that would be so cool. Because obviously you've got such a good crew in there with the girls. And I was like, mate, that would be such a cool environment to work in every day. It's the best. Man, it's the best. And we just feed off each other. You know what I mean? Like we've got Gravitate Digital Saxon. Can, like he's... Um, He's, he owns that business. So he does, he's a genius with Google. He, he built, um, do you know Snowboard Addiction? It's like a, it's yeah. like a website. It's a website yeah. that just sells all snowboarding. He built that website from the ground up. Like he did everything. So now it's one of the largest snowboard retailers in wow. the world online. He built that from the ground up. Now he's got his own digital agency that do Google, Facebook, everything. Okay, mm-hmm. It does everything. He sits in one corner of it. Got Katie downstairs, absolute genius, skincare wizard. She does like natural organic skincares and she knows the back end of Shopify, WordPress, all the bullshit as well too. Yeah. Tyson Lord, Tyson Lloyd, the most incredible videographer, does everything for like National Geographic. He works with Red Bull, Repco, Super Cheap Auto. He works with, he does every video for Parkway Drive and Amity Affliction. Like, so we are just constantly like when I need UGC ads or something done, go see Tyson, Tyson, and we're like, Katie, I need help with emails, mate. We just beat off each other. Boy, I learned this the other day. Saxon will literally be on a conference call with the uh, his Google merchant manager or whoever it is. Hey, this guy just taught me this about GA4, which is the latest update for Google Analytics. Hey, I've just learned this. So he'll pull us in and just go, hey, did you know that you can 
would link your dynamic shopping network and it's just like yeah. just, everyone just feeds off each other it's, but it's, a, it's really cool and it's a full circle because like you give like look, you give so much so it means everyone else would want to give yeah right like we're having this conversation this morning like when when I first came back to the coast, started like knocking around with Carl Lawton, like one of my best mates now, started knocking around with yourself a lot, like, and just like you, like you guys and probably Ryan James and then actually I shouldn't name names because there's so many, but just so genuine and so generous. Like when I think of you, like I wrote it down in my notes here, I was just like, I was like, just generous, just because you're so willing to give up your time, you're so willing to help other people. And to be honest, it made me want to do that as well. Like, it made, like you feed off that energy. Sammy Zuba, like the other day. Oh my God. One of the greatest men in the world. Yeah, like, man, I almost touched on him a second ago, like when we were talking about surfing and just going to fill your cup and just being with people where you don't necessarily have to say it a lot. You just, their frequency, their, their vibe, just something about their energy that's just like, this fills my cup to the brim. Sammy Zubovich is one of those guys where I just, just go for a little walk, get a coffee with him and he's like, yeah, this guy's it. How calm how calm is he just all the time he's just like neutral he's like never over erratic never under yeah. it's just like and he's like he's gone to his own like stuff like mentally oh. with with we will win there and get into it but like yeah. but even just him and i'll be like he's obviously like a gun at meta ads like like online ads and, after, and like so good like um obviously does all the marketing for like js surfboards kate club kate yeah, club fizz, like, fizz, yeah, like yeah. and he's just he's absolutely counts like man like I want to start running ads like for keeping the company like what do you think like and he's just pretty much just like gave up most of his afternoon just to help me yeah and i'm like mate that is like like thank you just so much for your time like and it's just his knowledge and one of the best he really is just yeah. one of the best yeah. Yeah. so like yeah we got man we got the most beautiful friends ever even just even like this local like community in palmy that's why i love coming back to palmy like living yeah. in sydney don't me wrong sydney's great and i love it and it's like a really great way to put my head down and grind yeah. but every time i come back to palmy it's like same as what you just said like knocking around with crew who are just always like after it yeah and they're just going they're just good people like i love have you still got in your bio like it's cool to be kind yeah. Is that still in there still there it's epitomizes it's you bro isn't <laughs> it? like, yeah yeah, yeah. It'd be fucking is cool to be kind i love i love it i don't know i just maybe that's why i'm so generous i just i just really get fulfillment out of just making people happy i don't know it just it, it yeah it's a weird one i don't know it's a weird because you like i'm guessing it's probably not something you think about often because you've been doing it since i met you like six and eight nine years about whatever it was like you're not conscious of it you just do it yeah like where does it come from i don't know I, yeah like you like you said it's like i haven't done like a full deep dive like i probably need to sit with someone and really you know dig deep into why it is that i do it but i don't know i guess like where i grew up like we didn't have heaps in the Fawzi family like we were by no stretch of the term rich or well off or anything like that like we got by we had everything we needed like my dad busted his ass and um i never really saw much of the big fella um yeah i don't know i guess i get i just give a lot because i know what it's like to have nothing so like I know what it felt like when someone does something for me, which is probably why I, I, you know, I suck at receiving too. Like I am terrible at receiving help. What do you mean? Like I am not a great receiver. If someone says like, hey, you're burnt out, a perfect example, um, Chris Urquhart and Anthea are for doing stuff like that. And they're getting married, two of my friends from um, Gold Coast Creative House. I was burning out. There was a lot going on. And people always like i'm gonna do this for you i'm gonna do that and i'm like no 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 i always knock it back because i just like 
I struggle to ask for help. Like even if I'm like absolutely drowning, like absolutely going under, I, I won't ask for help. I really suck at it. They just turned up to my door when I was absolutely at my wit's end with everything that was going on with the previous relationship, business, everything. They just turned up with food and like a little care package because they knew that if I, if they said, hey, we're bringing something around to you, but no, no, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. They just turned up with this like beautiful care package. Just as they just they, I know. They so just I know, but I just don't know why I'm so bad at receiving. I don't know. I, like it makes me feel really good, but I just like knowing that I've made someone feel really good. I just you get yeah. energy from it. Yeah, but I don't know. They probably get the same fulfillment about wanting to do that for me, and I'm knocking them back every time. I just I don't know. Someone real homes, a friend of mine, said to me the other day, like, "Why can't you receive? If you can't even receive something really trivial like a." coffee like i'm offering to buy you a coffee this was like a couple of months ago i'm like no no i'll get it and she's like why are you like that mm-hmm. like just say thank you for the coffee like if you're not willing to receive a coffee how willing are you going to be to receive opportunity in the future a loving relationship you know money if it ever presents itself to you or a good opportunity like how if you can't ever receive a coffee how are you ever going to be able to learn to receive anything in this life it's like whoa well, like a proper sat me down. I'm like, wow, I really need to, I need to look into this more. But you're aware of it. I'm conscious of it. You're so kind, like, you're like, the way you speak about it, it's yeah. like, you know, you know what to do. Yeah. So just do it. Like, <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. It's not that <laughs> I would love epigenetics. I would love... <laughs> See that? See that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to, like, I would love to have these talks. Like, I would love to be able to sit there with someone who's like, Okay, yeah, we're talking about like being able, the ability to not be able to receive whatever it is, a coffee. Like I know every time that we have a coffee or a lunch, like even before, like going for, going for lunch before, yeah, I was like, sit down, and I'm like, what do you want? Like, no, no, I'll get it, I'll get it. I was like, hey, I'm about to take up an hour of your time. Like, do it, just sit down and walk like, lunch. It's like, the place is all mine. Yeah, yeah. like, this is, this is beautiful. I love it. Yeah, but mate, like I would love to be able to be aware of like what, tools but genuine tools we can take away from stuff like that and i don't know like that's why i do the podcast like i'm trying to like have conversations with cook and learn from them yeah. um because i don't know they consider like but yeah i don't know the answers but like okay. again like the same you'll probably draw conclusions from the same way that i've always drawn conclusions just be curious and yeah. look into it for yourself you know yeah. but if you're not willing like the first part of learning and growing is being curious yes. in the first place so you know like me being curious about why am I not a great receiver, looking into it a little bit more. Like, yeah, that's probably the first, the, probably the first step. I should take a little, do a little bit more of a deep dive. Great. <laughs> right. um, before we could, mate, I know we're just going to, we're going to fly through this. We're already an hour in. Oh, we yeah. <laughs> It feels like we've gone for like 15, 20 minutes. Holy smokes. I know. Um, mate, I really, I want to touch on what's coming up for Squad Athletica. What's, what's the, what's the vision? Do you have any exciting things coming up? What's, what's on the cards? Do you have to say that front of mind thing? Shivers, yeah. Yeah. Then you're allowed to talk about squad, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So it's looking like we're going to go into a wholesale account. So, right. like, you'll be able to find us in your uh, local inner sport and sports power over the next six or 12 months. Um, I've got a couple of little events coming up that I'm working on. So, there'll be like a mental health one. Uh, working What's with, that? Oh, yeah, with Living. Yeah, so, I'm going to just do a little collaboration for a t shirt. Um, I thought it'd be like a good reflection of what I've been going through recently. Uh, um, everything's just starting to work out for me now. Like I've had a lot of really incredible things happen to me in the last few days where I'm just like, I'm energized. Like everything's looking up. Like I've just been through the trenches. Like no one, I rarely spoken too much 
I haven't spoken at length about what I've been going through recently, but um, I'm doing a little t-shirt that's no rain, no flowers, and that has never been more fitting for right now. Goosebumps, mate. Goosebumps. Well, it's just, yeah, I'm going to collaborate with Livin, do a little t-shirt, give a little gift back to the team. We're going to run like a little fitness event too. Yeah. The Squad Classic, it's going to be a dry try. Dry triathlon is what it's going to be. And it's going to be another, you know, like breaking down the walls of, uh, like just getting out, out of your comfort zone. So it's, what it's going to be is dry triathlon. I've got major sponsors on like Budgie Smuggler, Concept2, uh, PSN, Livin are going to get on board too. So you're going to register. It's going to be a partnered workout. So the draw card is you will get thrown in a team with a complete stranger to do a 5K ride, a 2K row, and then a run from Burley Headland up to Miami and back. So you completely dry like a dry driver. Yeah. You are partnered with a complete stranger. So it breaks down the walls of, you know, getting any comfort zones, working with someone that you don't really know. You're forging new friendships and it takes the competitiveness out of the event. So I just want it to be like a good yeah. bonding event where you just meet incredible like-minded people that... You know, just want to get out of the community and just do something really, really cool. And that's what I want Squad to be about is, you know, I've got really caught up in trying to keep cash flow up and infantry up and like do so many things on the back end that are, you know, the boring parts of it. I just really forgot why I bought Squad. I bought Squad because I wanted to just manufacture really good quality durable active wear that lasts a long time. But I wanted to bring a community back to it. So it's like, it's cool to be a part of that community. You know, Loose Kid are doing such an incredible job of that at the moment, like driving cool events and bringing people together and chase the vibe and 1% better every day. And I admire that. Like, I, they're not competition to me. Like, they they are where I want to be. And, you know, I think that's really cool. Jason Daniel. It's actually funny. When I bought Squad, Jason Daniel reached out to me and said, if you ever need a hand, come and one, speak to me anytime. One of the greats. I just want to air that. Like, that, that like in any other business frame of mind that would be a direct competitor mm. he straight up reached out and said if ever you need a hand you come to loose kid hq and we'll help you with anything you know what i mean like and that that epitomizes the community that i want to drive within squad and it equally epitomizes the community that he wants to drive within lskd and that means so much to me and that's just what i want to bring to the brands and they're the cool sort of events that i want to run when's um when was the event? Do you know? Do you know where it's on yet? I'm probably going to run it mid next year yeah. if I can. So it might just be winter, a little bit cooler. Like I'll try and get it. It was going to be the summer classic, first weekend in December, but it's just tough. It's a funny time of year to be trying to run events. You know, this everyone's already so jammed with Christmas, and Burley is already just a manic place around at that time of year. So yeah, I'll probably be running it like. Yeah, tail end of summer or start winter or something. Sick. I mean, it's funny that you touched on LSKD because when um, you talk about the community and culture and they've got like such a cool culture and I see the exact same with you guys at Squad. I remember when um, I first started at Waterbility, it took a bit of like their national athlete program um, to build to build the program or what it could look like. I was talking to Michaela from LSKD who's run, who running the, the athletes for Boost Lake. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, just picking a brand and we're just, we're just catching up and same as Jay's, so like genuine and just so like willing to help. Yeah. Like like she's in like a spreadsheet on like what she's doing with Excel and how she like, you know, kept in touch with like all the athletes and what it could look like, like real processes. And I was like, this is so beneficial. And so and she's like such a great friend now, just from the fact of like just one coffee. 
Yeah. It was literally just like one coffee catch up and then we went through these whole like processes and then even like now they came out with a really beautiful um, documentary about mental health with Jordy Carr who did you yeah, see yeah. that? No, I seen Jordy did release that. I haven't seen it yet. Mate, Jordy's one of the greatest. One of Jordy Carr who like he's got um is it S thirty? S thirty Yeah, S thirty and Mermaid, yeah. So he's and he like opened up about his transition um out of the NRL and how he wanted to play a little bit longer and then the financial financial stress, like we're talking about before, like financial stress and relationship stress are two of the biggest like contributors to so suicide pretty much like and then i don't say that lightly like i'm people are scared to talk about suicide on air i think the more we can have these conversations not about the in-depth process of it all but like being aware of it i think that can be very positive and i've had conversations with psychologists about that because i'm very conscious about what i'm saying on these platforms conscious about the people that are listening yeah i don't want to trigger anyone at all just like no like having these conversations are healthy definitely i think if you go into a conversation about how it actually happens then that's when you're crossing a line but talking about openly anyway um jordy and there was like maybe three other athletes but it was just a really beautiful 10 20 minute documentary yeah, okay she's been through it before and they and what they did was like they they her michaela and the videographer of film i can't remember his name i've messaged him before and the shoot know his name but i don't um and they just off their own back just went and filmed it and it was such a beautiful piece and then what they did was um they did like a friends and family like sort of airing i don't know what sounds i'm sure they won't mind um but like they did like this date premiered it with like friends and family and really like maybe 100 200 people came into the um office their office in logan and then they had someone run like a mental health workshop and it was just like this oh, so beautiful the way they did it because it's like same thing about breaking down the barriers of like having these conversations and talk about like they, they were in a line like one of the one of the um activities that they did was like they were in a line and they're like all right take a step forward if you've been struggling in the last six months yeah so uh, one month the last week, the last couple of days, the last 24 hours. And there was like seven people like at the front who have been like really struggling over the last seven days. And it's like, and you're looking around, you have friends and family around you. And so many people are like, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea because of what I'm not talking about. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is so, and like, I don't know, that was a long tangent. But anyway, like, no, yeah, that's not, I don't think that's a tangent. Like, I love going down those rabbit holes like i love getting into the nitty gritty of it you know like it ain't we to speak which is Lennon's motto mm -hmm. i think that's incredible and i just i really think we just need to be speaking about it more like i and and i you know i'm a great listener i can sit and listen to my friends but i struggle to speak up about it sometimes you know it will live in me for so long before i actually boil over and just break down and have a cry just and just get it off the system but it, it, it's not weak like it really shows strength if you're able to pull a friend like kicking your braver side and say hey man i'm struggling like for me to be able to say that to you but i think that really shows strength in 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 men so don't ever feel weak about you know opening up and not feeling strong enough and you know struggling everyone's struggling everyone's man i had it's it's funny we touch on this with the living i've got a sticker on the back of my car that it living it ain't need to speak that little decal that's on the back of the ranger I had a man follow me from Chugat to my office in Tweed because he saw the sticker and he actually like parked next to me. He goes, hey, I hope you don't mind. I noticed a sticker on the back of your car. I'm actually struggling at the moment. All right, this was... Oh, like, don't. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, was, this was so left field. 
he genuinely followed me from Chugs down to my office, saw the sticker. He goes, I just saw the sticker. I thought I'd like start a conversation with you. I just had a bit going on recently. Have you got a minute? And I just went, holy shit, 100% mate. He came into my office. I made him a coffee. We sat there for two hours and chewed the fat about what's going on with him. And he's suicidal. He suffers from depression, anxiety. He suffers from... He's an accountant, so but he's like struggling financially. So two hours we just had a conversation, and now we speak almost weekly. Just really, just, just touch, just catch up with each other. He just saw the sticker and was like, following me to the office. He goes, "I'm just really got a bit on my mind at the moment. Have you got a minute?" I'm like, what? That shows a crazy amount of strength. Yeah, I uh, yeah. But so, also, but also credit to you for being able to sit down and feel oh, like this. Like, because imagine how it'd be like. Mate, I'm actually too busy to do this. Oh, I'm actually too busy to actually do that. Yeah. I've got other things in my mind. Like, it would be very easy just to walk away from that. Yeah. Oh, man, if there's anybody listening here, and I mean this with every ounce of my little five-foot-nine Egyptian body, hit my DMs. If you're struggling, there's a, never a time in my life where I'll be too busy to give an ear to someone that's, like, genuinely struggling with what's on their plate. And even though I've got a bit going on, I would happily sit and listen to anyone if you've got, if you've just got to get something off your chest. Anytime, yeah, my DMs. I genuinely mean that. This is why I've got so much love for you, brother. <laughs>